As we drift down Copper Penny Row, it's crammed. This this is a busy night. Why? Maybe it's the weather. Who can tell? But the streets are packed. All of the joints are jumping. And in particular, Greenwich Palace. We go through the big, broad front doors into the bar room, where up on raised stages we see various people of various species in various states of undress dancing around poles in front of mirrors, while other shapely folks in different configurations and genders mill about scantily clad serving drinks to a very happy clientele. The mood in here is convivial as we pass through this tap room and into the long hallway that goes past the Jakes on either side, into the big Coliseum room where the seating surrounds a big open pit and goes up for four floors. There are humanoid figures of various shapes and sizes cramming the rails in this as in the center of the room there is an elf with a net and a spear facing off against the six-legged, long-tailed cat-like creature whose whole head appears to be made of teeth and eyes. The elf takes a stab at the cat-like creature. It dashes to the side and sticks to the ropes before bouncing off and snapping at this defender. The defender smacks it aside with his spear and follows with a toss of the net. The cat-like creature shakes the net off, gets four of its six legs underneath it, and springs. The elf gets the spear up in between them, just stopping the snatching jaws, and then brings the butt end of the spear around, rolling this creature out onto the mat. Now that it's out full length, we can see that it is about 12 feet end-to-end, with a body about as big as a Labrador Retriever. But oh, that head. It opens three ways and has nothing but teeth and a long tongue. It looks kind of like a flower, in fact and all three petals have six eyes on them. It roars and leaps. The elf throws its spear and misses. The creature grabs him around the head and face of his upper torso, and with a crunch, his lower body falls to the mat. There is a gulp, and the creature roars again and leaps for the ropes. The crowd shrieks. And with a word, the creature bounces off an unseen wall. It lands, infuriated, to turn to see what has happened. Whereupon, a tall, slender orc with long white hair in braids that could be called traditional if you'd never seen a traditional orc, and tattoos that might also be attributed if you didn't know that Grenick hadn't been out of Bailey Mina in all of his life. He walks in with a winning smile, which features scrimshod tusks, and he winks his golden eyes. At the, he winks his golden eye at the crowd. The creature opens its three-part face and screams at him. Grenick looks at the monster and goes, "Oh, shut the fuck up!" And it does. Back the way you came from. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Only at Greenwich's will you see a monster like that in action. Get your bets in. The betting window opens. Next match, 10 minutes. And then turning in a smaller voice, he goes, get somebody in here to clean this fucking mat. What a mess. He steps out of the ring, nods to his two lieutenants, who come from their places at various spots around, and Grenick heads back to his office. Welcome to Runelanders. I'm Adam, your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master. And so it's my job to let you know that Runelanders contains coarse language, mature themes, and 
is generally intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Now, if that sort of thing is your sort of thing, <laughs> well, then sit back, kick back, chill out, relax. However, you prepare to lend an ear, get ready, runatics, and let's roll. The Copper Penny Caper, Part 1. We're going to cut to that office. Now, in the last couple of months, Raffin, you've had a boom business with your rat farm. In fact, there's a new client, the Dancing Rat. You've been making some decent money off of that, and so your legitimate gigs have taken you away from this sort of thing, which is too bad because you really do love doing this sort of thing with your buddies. You're standing at the door to the balcony leading out of Grenick's office while the night breeze blows in smokes from the, from the back alley and billows the curtains slightly. You're keeping a close eye outside. The alley is still uninhabited. Well, mostly, I mean, there's the drunks passed out in the garbage and the people who normally live there. But other than that, nothing too out of order. Standing by the door, Raffin shoots a look across the room to the door guard, Scar. This chair is the most comfortable thing you've sat in. It's the one that you wheeled in front of the door so you could lean back and peer through the keyhole. You are a long, tall sort, after all. Flipping over across the room, Mumbles is going through the stacked, long-playing phonogram records that Grenick has collected next to a beautiful Victrola. And Mumbles, you're like seven or eight, oh, nine records richer as you stuff them into your sack. Why don't you tell us about you for a moment? So uh, Mumbles is a fabulous, mysterious uh, bard, uh, half-elf, uh, too pretty for this type of uh, environment, uh, but too cocksure to be anywhere else. Finally, looking back to the fourth member of the Cabal, we see that a goblin is standing on the arms of an armchair, peering into a bookshelf, which has had about a dozen of its leather-bound volumes removed and stacked haphazardly on the desk, right behind where the goblin stands. He's in there, elbows deep, clicking away and listening with those long, rabbit-like goblin ears. His whiskers are twitching and eyes are narrowed, hard at work. This would be Patty. Well, thanks for that introduction. My name's Pahad, but my friends call me Patty. I used to just be a runt in Thrasher's yard. So, you're working hard on this lock and uh, rolling a sleight of hand check for me, please. Well, across the room, Scar, you're looking through the keyhole as you do and uh, roll a perception check. Same thing for you, Raffin. And Mumbles, I need Arcana from you. So Scar's looking out and with a 12, he might be a little bit distracted by the shuffling of the albums behind me. Just a little bit. Uh, Mumbles is more interested in her new records than necessarily what's going around her. Meanwhile, Raffin is, is kind of lost in reflecting her memories as he rolls an eight, a little bit distracted by the goblin that's bending over, working away in the safe. Sure, 
raises an eyebrow, right? Clicking away and listening as the tumblers are clicking into place. How'd you do for that sleight of hand? At 15, so like, cause I'm amazing. Yeah, because you are amazing and these guys are a bunch of bums. However, here is what happens. Raffin, it takes a couple of seconds, but it's then that you notice that the lookout rats, which you posted on the route across the way, who are smelling things and communicating by clicks to all the rats that have moved through the building at your request. They're freaking the fuck out and you've been just staring off into nowhere. So by the time you notice them simultaneously, Scar, that's what you look over to see what all the flipping through the albums is. You look back to the keyhole and see that about 10 paces down the hallway, Granick is approaching. At the same time, mumbles. There is a firing of an arcane glyph as the safe swings open. There's a bright flash in the room. Everybody roll a dexterity save. Flash goes off. He realizes what's happening and Raffin throws his arms to block the light with a 23. Well done, Raffin. You hear the click of the safe opening. As it swings open, you see Mumble stop what she's doing, going through the records and then turn to say like, wait, stop sort of thing. Because once you sense this glyph firing, you might shout out something and then the glyph fires. So how was your dexterity save, Patty? Well, being the clever goblin that I am, I managed to stay back with a 21 and watch as everybody oh, sure. else almost got smoked. <laughs> and you know, there's always a trap, right? Always a trap. So as the bard turns around to say something, how was your dexterity save? Mumbles actually moves towards the safe to try to remove Patty from the situation and gets a solid seven. Yeah, straight in the face. So flash, there's a big, a great big bright flash and you are blinded for a minute. You're blinking the, uh, you're you're blinking the spots out and uh, it apparently only got you. So Scar, as you turn around when the light fills the room, right, to see what's going on. Oh no. Scar also rolled a seven, so while I had advantage, when Mumbles um, uh, announced to look out, I of course turned around to see what she was saying. (laughs) Okay, well then, you both get flashed. So, uh, Patty and Raffin, there is a three-dimensional hologlyphic representation of all of you standing in the room exactly where you were standing doing exactly what you were doing full face shots in full color hanging in front of the safe there is no time to disarm this because behind scar there is this turning of a key in the lock to the door of the room it's like i have to do everything well scar as you stumble around blinded Raffin just shakes his head thinking, and this is why I'm the right-hand man. The key grinds in the lock and jiggles. Patty, grab whatever's in that safe. We need you to get moving. You're the right-hand man. You grab it. Okay, I'm right at the door. Uh, He put his key into the keyhole. I'm going to quickly grab a key of my own and put it into the keyhole to push his key out. 
Okay, then a key it is. You just grab your key to the, to the clubhouse and jam it through the lock to the other side. Um, we're going to do that with, uh, you know what? I'll give you a free round just to surprise him. He's not expecting that. From the other side of the door, you hear, huh? What the? F rattle, 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 and the door shakes. Bracken quickly runs over and grabs one of the chairs and jams it underneath the doorknob to uh, secure the door. Well, that's bought you a few seconds. Um, from here, the plan was always to slide down a rope and uh, make a quick escape up the street via the tunnels underneath. So once Scar gets, uh, like Scar does all this by feel, which is pretty impressive all on its own. But once you once the two of you blink your eyes clear, uh, yeah, the wind's blowing the curtains in and everything like that. And the, you can hear this struggling. And so Raffin runs over and jams the chair underneath the door knob. And just as the door unlocks and uh, pushes in like a centimeter, just like for a little bump to catch on the carpet, which rumples up in front of the door and blocks it a bit. From the other side, you go, well, for fuck. And then, like, a big orcish shoulder drops into the door, and it shakes. I tell the butterfly, grab the box. Let's get going down that rope. Um, I'm assuming the butterfly comment is directed to Mumbles. Uh, so she will grab the box and create a minor illusion to replicate it in the safe. All right. Raffin's on the grab, Scar and start pushing him towards the window as he clears his eyes. Okay. So that is, uh, that's what goes on. You roll your minor illusion. The case in your hand looks just like the one that's in the safe. You actually touch the one in the safe to be sure because it's a good job. Okay. Uh, I say forget the rope. We just jump. How far is the drop? 60 feet. Doesn't matter. I have Featherfall. Jump. All right, everybody to the hole. So, slick, 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 ye copper pennies. One, two, three, four, over the edge of the railing. Athletics or acrobatics, whichever you favor, please. Rockham runs over to the window and doesn't even hurl it. Raffin dives out the window in a swan side style, doing a double touch and roll as he lands deftly on his feet, 60 feet down, with a natural 20 for a total of 24. Oh, more than that. It's more than 60 feet down for you because you don't even bother landing. You just jump straight down the open access hole below. And I stick the landing, throw my arms up the air, waiting for the. Uh, Five, five, five from the three judges. Well, the last thing we see of Raffin is as he just vanishes down the hole, like, whew. no hooting, no hollering, like one of the lost boys off the train bridge. Whew. Down into the hole. Next. Patty got a 21 using his amazing goblin acrobatics. So he's almost lighting or a cigarette as he gently falls down. <laughs> Very good. So Patty stops. Uh, sits on the railing, pats the pockets, takes out a smoke, lights it up, and then leans back and does a complete 
headlong dive, turning a slow somersault to fall into the hole after Raffin. Next up, we'll go with Scar. I am fairly confident with my featherfall skills, so I got a total of 20 with acrobatics as I fall backwards off the railing. You jump up onto the railing, turn around, Mumbles pitches you the case, and then you just like kind of lean back with the case, and same sort of thing. The slow tilting fall right down the hole, and finally Mumbles. Um, so with a solid 22 in acrobatics, she elegantly swan dives out the window. This is obviously a thing with you. And with a quick wave of your mage hand, if I may be so bold, closes the doors behind her. Of course, that's only polite. So, as Mumbles turns her graceful arc in the air and goes feet first down this manhole, the door to Grenick's office bursts in, and two muscle-bound orcs, one much more muscle-bound than the other, it must be noted, and uh, really the only visible one until the other one steps out of his shadow, go into the room before Grenick does, with weapons drawn. Giving it a quick look, the slender orc puts his bolter back in his pocket and says, just us, bus. Well, it wasn't just us a minute ago. Find out who the fuck it was. This is an access tunnel built for the workers who built this part of the underground in Bailey Mina. And so the tunnels are about 12 feet tall by about 20 feet broad. However, this access tunnel in the roof is more of a ventilation shaft at this point. These were used for moving tools, equipment, materials underneath Bailey Mina to save the streets. The program was pioneered for years, maintained for years, and eventually it just became too expensive to keep the tunnels from flooding. And so they were abandoned to greater or lesser extent. This one is still fairly mint and the city still uses it for repair crews who work on the mechanical parts of the city, the big pipes and whatnot that run along the walls of this corridor. The place is lit dimly. For those of you who don't have dark vision, and that'd be you, Scar. It's it's hard to see. Your, your vision's limited to about 20 feet. The rest of you, no limit beyond the normal. You know what I mean. The first one to come through the hole in the ceiling is Raffin, who sticks the landing by making it a three-pointer where he springs away and rolls off to the wall and uh, scuttles three feet ahead to draw his bolters. And watch. The next one down the hole, of course, is Patty. And that is a landing which is less of a landing than catching the last rung on the access ladder to hold there for a second to make sure that nothing that they're not dropping into anything or much less a fight before dropping down to land with a wet splash in the water which runs down the sunken center of the hallway. They stroll off to the side, confident that there is no danger. The next one is Scar, who lands with a, you know, characteristic flourish um, to stop just like a s split second before they hit the ground. There's that whoosh. And they land as lightly as if they'd stepped off a, the bottom stair of a case of stairs. 
Finally, Mumbles comes streaming all the ribbons and things that she's wearing. Lands elegantly like some kind of gymnast. It's a beautiful descent. and Well done, all of y'all. Good job. Looks like you got away with it. That's because we're amazing. Uh, hey, you want me to light a lantern for you so you can see? Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. So I'll light a lantern so that Scar can see. It's the one you keep for reading in the dark, right? Because dark vision is great, but it's not great for reading. You need actual light for that. So, you know, it's just a little handheld thing. Keeps your hands warm in cold climates. You can light things up. It's 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 a good one. So you hand it off to Scar and he lights it up. And there's a, you've got a bullseye lantern and uh, it will light up to the normal extent of your vision. So that handicap is removed. Well done, team. Um, Patty, you can have inspiration for that. You can go northwest or southeast from here. What do you think, team? Raffin, you know these uh, tunnels better than any of us. What's the best way to uh, get out of here? Well, we need to head northeast, so I should be going this way and uh, move fast because they'll figure out there was only one way to get out of that room that wasn't through that door, so... They're probably on the streets right now looking for us. In fact, there is a great big orc who is exhaling dramatically and try and sliding down the access way right now. Or they could actually be actually coming down the access way now. So let's move. Don't have to ask me twice. I'm on my way. I'm going to use my shape water ability uh, to create the appearance that we had gone the other way, like the, the water flow movement or kind of foot splashes going the other direction. Um, A myriad of footprints leap out of the water and uh, track down the hallway uh, about 30 feet off into the dark. I knew I kept this butterfly around for a reason. 